Yes, we have returned. We have returned. The SCSD crew has returned. Welcome to the Ben Talk Podcast, episode 26. We certainly have the SCSD squad with us. We have Papa Chris. I am your associate superintendent of human resources, Rodney Lewis. And we have the superintendent among superintendents. We have El Jefe. We have my bald head brother. He has a nice shave, by the way. I love it. I'm jealous. <laughs> we have Jason Todd. See, Fred. <laughs> it was a bit of a delay. It was Jason. a little bit of a delay. How are you, man? <laughs> Hello. I haven't been on here a couple it's times. It's been a now. while, man. I haven't yeah. heard your voice over the airway. I'm sure the people are excited. Yes, too. they can't wait. Yeah. They can't wait. Speaking of he can't wait and excitement, <laughs> we are sitting in my office yes. on February 2nd, yes. 2023, yes, sir. and believe it or not, <laughs> we have a crew that basically blowing and picking up leaves today. Yeah, not ice or snow, no. but leaves. So if you hear a little sound, yeah. that's the sound of good, hard, hardworking people out there picking up leaves in February. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. But that's what we got going on. Yes. But we're going to keep going because mm-hmm. uh, we need to get this podcast in because we got some great things to share with people. We, do. and we, we don't want to delay anymore. We do. So in, in this episode, like we did with the previous episode, we had the good fortune of interviewing Dr. Tim Bono of Washington University, the happiness expert. And he came to our October Professional Development Day and he was our keynote speaker for our classified staff, did an amazing job. And I thought it would be great for us to follow up with him again. So I did interview him via Zoom. Um, so it should be great. I hope you enjoy it. Great. Dr. Seafred. We're in February. Let Can us know how it? you're feeling. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling great. You know, obviously we say SCSD great this year. And yeah. it really is. We're, we're, we're back from winter break. Yeah. And uh, second semester has started, and uh, kids are, I think staff and kids are in a good rhythm right now, to be honest with you. So lots of great things happening in the classroom. Uh, outside the classroom, uh, Friday's a big night. for yes. uh, It's round two of West versus High at High in basketball, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, throughout the whole school district, great things happen with kids and staff. So very, very, I'm feeling proud yes i'm also it's a great word yeah it is i'm a little tired from uh and nobody needs to feel sorry for me but (laughs) of course when we have these weather days and uh you know that i grind those things Uh out i'm out up up all night i'm driving around making sure Mm -hmm. you know safety's first and uh and uh i think we've made the right calls lately people do a great job on our ami Mm -hmm. day and then we had a snow day due to the fact that the weather kind of snuck up on us uh, I think it snuck up on the weather people as well. So, um, but our staff and our students have handled that uh, great as well. So, uh, we're just plugging right along, getting that's into fantastic. February and going from there. That's fantastic. That that's good to hear. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the interview I had with Dr. Tim Bono of Washington University, the happiness expert. Enjoy. All right. Um, Dr. Tim Bono, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I knew when you were at our professional development day, I got to be honest. At first, I was like, who is this guy? You know, the happiness expert. You know, and I'm into, you know, 
um, positive psychology. I mean, you know, but I was like, okay, but I tell you, it didn't take long, man, to pique my attention within the first 30 seconds. I'm like, this guy's on to something. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast. Well, I'm very happy to be with you and um, your, your concerns and skepticism is not um, anything that uh, is unique to you. Lots of people have those questions and that's what makes studying the science of this and the academics of it fun because there's a lot of myths to dispel and a lot of opportunity to delve into this research, which I look forward to doing with you today. You know, Dr. Bono, I am just curious. How does it feel to be called the happiness expert? That that would what, <laughs> that would assume that you're like you you like mastered happiness. You you're always happy. I mean, like, how does that feel to be called the happiness expert? Well, it makes me really glad that when I was in graduate school for psychology, I chose this and not schizophrenia. Otherwise, I'd be delusional. <laughs> So right. yeah, I, it does affirm my decisions at earlier stages. Of my life. <laughs> but you know, I think that it's it's been fun. I think that it invites conversation and um, an opportunity to to have some discourse around a topic that I think is on many people's minds um, and hopefully can be useful in ways that can improve other people's lives too. You know, after doing a little bit of research about you, which we'll get into, I thought it was fascinating how you stumbled upon. The, the, you know, sort of positive psychology and doing your dissertation around it. But before that, I have to tell you, your presentation on our Professional Development Day in October was so well received. I mean, people really gravitated toward, toward your message and toward um, your approach to happiness. Typically, in my opinion, happiness is something that is happening to you that makes you happy. So there's an event and you're happy. And then there's an event, regardless of what the event is, and now I'm sad, right? Um, and you're thinking, you think about this a little bit different, right, in terms of the circumstances around us determining our moods and our, and, and our emotions. Before we get into that, though, so I, I have to set up, because that's really my takeaway from your presentation. Tell us a little bit about yourself. For those that weren't a part of them, that didn't work at our um, professional Development Day, um, our community members around the city of St. Charles School District. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I am a native St. Louisan, I'm born and raised. Um, I grew up in North St. Louis County. Um, for the yeah. St. Louis diehards who might be listening, the answer to your oh. question is I went to Rosary High School. So now you know I'm a North County <laughs> boy, I went to parochial school. Um, I stay, I've stayed in St. Louis my whole life. I love this city. Um, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. It's got wonderful institutions. Um, I ended up going to Washington University for college, and then I formed a great relationship with a mentor there who um, encouraged me to apply for the PhD program in psychology at WashU. And so I, I continued on that path. And then in my final year of my graduate program, I was applying for jobs. And um, there was an opportunity at WashU that allowed me yeah. to um, teach some courses that related to the science of happiness, which positioned me to delve more into this topic. And it's been a labor of love and it's been a lot of fun to explore this and um, to have an opportunity to share it with others too. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. <clears throat> you, I, I think when it comes to happiness, as I stated before, people's, people's emotions are all over the place when it comes to it, right? 
because it's predicated on the stimulus that happens outside of us, not necessarily what we're doing inside. Talk to us about that um, yeah. in terms of happiness and, and your approach and what the research has found. Yeah, your your comments earlier about happiness being assumed that it's something that that is out there that occurs to us, that, that is for a long time what we thought happiness was. In fact, when you look mm-hmm. at the root of the word happiness, it's happy which is the same root of words like haphazard or happenstance, just stuff that happens almost by accident, which is why for a long time, even in the field of psychology, we weren't interested in studying this as something that could be pursued because we didn't think it could be pursued. We thought it was just sort of by dumb luck or by chance. But over the last 20 years, there has been a, a scholar, a network of scholars who have emerged with an interest in understanding both the nature of happiness and also how it can be pursued. And one of the really encouraging uh, conclusions that we've been able to draw from these findings is that a large proportion of our happiness is within our control. Not everything, there's certainly a genetic, mm-hmm. certainly environments and circumstances play a role, but sometimes what can even play a larger role than those things are the choices we make, the behaviors mm-hmm. we engage in, the people we surround ourselves with. Um, and, th- and that's what the field is interested in understanding what are those simple behaviors and mindsets we can be incorporating into our lives that do have the biggest return, not only on our own happiness, but also the happiness and mental health of those in our communities and those we care about. Hey, that, that is interesting. Have you found that, like, you, and I'm going to, I want you to dive more into what some of those simple things are. I shouldn't say, so that's actually the word that came from comes to mind. They are simple. So, that's the that's what I'm saying. Word. They are simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I feel like, so if happiness is happening outside of us, the way that it's been pursued, then, and, and those are relatively things that we can't, typically are out of our control, right? I mean, you get a promotion, we're happy, um, you know, my goldfish dies, I'm sad, right? Okay. So what are some of those simple things that we can do to help increase our happiness day in, day out? It's a great question. And I like the word that you use, simple, because often people, when they're asking, how do I become happy? Yeah. Um, they're expecting that there's some groundbreaking, earth-shattering mm-hmm. solution out there, um, like some right. wow factor. But if anything, the wow factor is that there is no wow factor. It is the accumulation right. uh, daily incorporating small behaviors into our, our lives. So I can tell you, Unequivocally, the single strongest predictor of our happiness has to do with the strength of our connections to other people. Do we have friends, family members, colleagues who are that shoulder to lean on when things are not going well, when the goldfish dies? And do we have people who are there to help us celebrate life when things are going well, when you get the raise or the promotion or you're headed out on a vacation? So doing what we can every day um, and even if, if it's not every day, as often as we can, to mm-hmm. reach out and strengthen those connections. Often we're thinking, what's the next meeting? What's the next task for work? What's the next fire that's going on that we got to put out? And of course, mm-hmm. we have to give attention to those things. But every so often, you know, making it a point when we're walking to a meeting or we're at a stoplight to just scroll through our list of contacts on our phone and send somebody a text message to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're having a great day. Or, hey, what are you doing this Saturday? Let's get lunch prioritizing Mm -hmm. even those simple behaviors, that goes a long way toward our overall happiness, strengthening the connections we have to other people. I think it's it's fascinating, the power of relationships, so much so that in public education, 
the one thing we talk about with our students building relationships. The one thing as a former, I'm a former elementary school principal. We talked about building relationships with our teachers and and so and, and obviously in a class community, you know, whether it's high school or middle or elementary, we are talking about building a relationships with one another in the class to build the class community. And, but if we're connecting the dots, if you will, like a, a, a true sense of happiness could spread in our schools because of the amount of time we've invested in building relationships with one another within the school community. Yes, and and prioritize that. I commend you for those efforts of imbuing that in in the culture of the school that you led. Because I mean, the the ability, especially for a young person to do that and to have that skill set, is so important now. And that's one of the things, especially as we're coming out of COVID. I think that a lot of people have said, "Oh, well, it's possible for us just to have classes online, or we'll just do everything yeah. on Zoom." And yes, certainly there there are some advantages to that. But there's also something special about occupying the same physical space as another person, the nonverbals that we're able to pick up only when we're in person that does not translate or replicate to a virtual setting. Um, I think that, that ensuring that there's a balance between the convenience of online Zoom interaction, mm-hmm. but also that in, interpersonal, even before COVID, they were showing declines in emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence is a skill. It's a skill that's developed the same way you develop skills around speaking a foreign language or playing an instrument. You have to practice those things. And same thing, we have to be well-practiced at the ability to connect meaningfully with other people because that is the single strongest predictor of our well-being. And I think that when we look at some of the mental health challenges that certainly we're seeing in our schools, but at all ages of people of all different backgrounds, it's complicated, of course. There are many things at play. Sure. But I would argue that one of them is that we we aren't prioritizing in-person connection with others as much as we perhaps could. And I believe that if we could shift that trend a little bit, that that would at least minimize some of the mental health challenges that we're seeing. Let, let's dive into mental health because so much of, I mean, mental health breeds to a certain degree, unhappiness, right? Individuals that are struggling with mental illnesses um, are, you know, obviously, you know, unhappy or could have a sense or a feeling of, of unhappy. What's your approach in terms of trying to help individuals, whether the mental, whether the mental health concerns are small or large, to gain a sense of happiness in their life? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, because certainly there's going to be a strong relationship there. So I think that you know, we can think about our, our our emotions residing on a continuum. On one end, you'd have really positive emotions like happiness and joy and life satisfaction. On the other end, you'd have um, the, the difficult emotions like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. and despair. And I think that it's important for us to understand that there's not sort of an on, off, either, or mm-hmm. kind of switch that says, well, if you want to be ha- happy, then it's just a matter of taking away unhappiness mm. about those really as independent efforts. So instead of saying, so how do we solve mental health? How do we solve depression so that we can be happy? I think that we have to sort of treat them as independent tasks. So when we think about what drives depression or what drives anxiety, typically that it, it can be born from any number of strategies, but working with someone who is um, trained at listening to that person's issues or the circumstances happening around their lives and helping them process that 
Um, one of the things that happens that is often a driver for anxiety and depression is that the mind will sort of detach from the present moment and run rampant and sp spiral out of control with thoughts about bad stuff that could happen in the future, mm -hmm. that's anxiety, or ruminating on previous stuff that's happened in the past. Now, again, these issues are very complicated in terms of their treatments and interventions, but one simple thing that we can do if we are with someone who is struggling with their mental health is simply encouraging them to translate that distress into language, get them to talk about it, get them to mm -hmm. write about it. Because again, emotion takes whatever's going on and can easily exaggerate that in our minds, blowing it out of proportion. But if we, but when we talk about it, when we talk through the issues that are happening to us, that engages other regions of the brain that can allow us to take a more rational approach. And that has been shown to be an incredibly effective way to minimize the impact of that negativity so that then we can be thinking about the other end of the continuum. Um, and and the, the strategies for happiness. But we, we shouldn't go so far as to say, oh, snap out of it, and then you'll be happy. You kind of have to treat yeah. two different steps. You know, it does feel like, you see, because you made a comment, like, the, we don't turn, like, one off to, I, you didn't actually say this, but my brain was computing it as, we don't turn one off to on. Like, you could, I guess you could still feel happiness with an overall mood of, you can have glimpses or moments of emotions or sensations of happiness at times, but still feel a sense of despair, if that makes sense. Correct. So they're almost acting, they're in the same room. And I guess it's how, which one occupies more, the most space. That's yeah. interesting. Yes. And, and that's another thing that's important to acknowledge is that I think a lot of times we go through life saying, you know, once these things happen, then I'll be happy. Uh -huh. Once this right. semester's over, once I, I mean, I did this all the time as a student. Once I get through this week of these exams and these papers, then I'll be happy. Once, you know, I resolve this conflict I'm in the midst of with my roommate or a partner, then I'll be happy. But a, a really important characteristic of psychological health is knowing how to allow different kinds of emotions to exist simultaneously. And it's, it's mm. going back to this analogy of there's not an on or off switch for either you're happy or you're unhappy, but rather neuroscientists have identified that there are separate independent neural circuits that govern the experiences of happiness and unhappiness, which is why it is possible to, on the same day, in the same moment, experience a sense of happiness at some things and a sense of unhappiness at others, because there are independent circuits in the, in the brain that are responsible for both sets of, of emotions. Or you could just watch the movie Inside Out, that Disney Pixar movie. I mean, yes. I hope I'm not spoiling the end, but if you haven't seen it, you need to go out and see it because it's based in- It's a great movie. Actually, it's a great that, movie. That, that is part of psychological health, is knowing how to hold sadness and joy simultaneously. Because if you're going to wait until everything's perfect and job, the job's not stressful and the kids are all happy, that, that that's never going to happen. So we have to know how even in the midst of adversity, yes, of course, we have to give attention to it. I'm not saying ignore that stuff, but at the same time, still to build in the time for social connection, for gratitude, for exercise, for those other things that bring us joy, knowing how to hold both of them, the good and the bad, um, that's what that the happiest people I think are able to do. That is, it, it makes me think about, and I remember you mentioning this in the PD session. I think there's that's the power of meditation. 
because meditation allows you to just let whatever's there there without necessarily so you didn't actually say this but i guess with some of it though now that i'm like hearing you unpack it i guess you you don't get too emotionally emotionally attached to the emotions that you have meaning like if if i'm just like in order for happiness and i guess like sadness to because they are coexisting, but all of a sudden you're gonna just focus on sadness. So everything is bleak and you don't give any room for happiness. Does that make sense? Or is and meditation allows the stillness because you mentioned meditation as a as a way um to boost happiness. So what what are your thoughts about meditation and how it relates to happiness? Yeah, and meditation is one that also itself has a lot of misconceptions. In fact, I'll be honest with you, when I first started teaching my courses on positive psychology, um, I actually brought in a guest lecturer to talk about meditation, because even though I knew there was research on it, in the back of my mind, there was this voice going, what is this hippie nonsense that is trying to bring yeah, yeah, yeah. science-based field? So I think that a lot of people think of meditation as like, oh, you close your eyes and sing Kumbaya to try to make your problems right. But actually, it's exactly what you were describing, that a lot of our angst in life is not just in response to what's going on, but it, it is in our response to what is going mm-hmm. on. And that's one of the Correct. things that makes yeah, us uniquely yeah. human is the mind's ability to detach from the present moment and then travel forwards and, and get caught up in what could go wrong in the future or ruminate and replay over and over all the bad stuff that could happen or that has happened in the past. And meditation is all is really about two things. Number one, it's about getting giving us practice at identifying what's what our mind is doing, what distractions are coming our way. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it's about redirecting the focus of our attention away from those negative distracting things back to the present moment to say, yes, there's a lot of negative things that are going on. Yes, maybe I'm feeling sad today. And it's simply bringing awareness to the sadness. Um, otherwise, we end up in a situation where, you know, we're feeling sad and we say, I shouldn't feel sad right now, or I shouldn't yeah, yeah. feel this way. And then we end up with what psychologists call a secondary emotion, where we feel bad because we're feeling bad. Well, mm-hmm. just allow yourself to be human. Acknowledge you're going to have bad days. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel anxiety. And meditation is about just bringing awareness non-judgmentally to whatever it is that you're experiencing, because the act of trying to not feel sad causes sadness. The act of trying to not be anxious about something creates anxiety. And much better is just to sort of let those emotions wash over us and say, yep, going through a rough time right now. I'm going to bring awareness to it and I'm going to do what I can to to change things, but I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm human and I'm experiencing a particular emotion. So that what you just said, if you focus on not being sad, it in turn makes it makes you sad. Does the does the same work with happiness and joy? If I'm gonna focus on being happy, I'm gonna I'm going to focus on gratitude and those around me, then we sort we're in indirectly showering ourselves with joy, happiness, gratitude, et cetera. Yeah, well, that's actually it it does go the other direction where um there's some research to suggest that happiness cannot be pursued directly that you can't wake up and say okay okay so this psychologist told me if i if i focus on gratitude if i send a text message to somebody then i'll be happy so i'm going to text text message someone so that i can become happy that actually turns it into a chore it turns it into a homework assignment. Mm, so so interesting 
what becomes important is that we are engaging in those behaviors that we find intrinsically rewarding, that we're able to appreciate for its own value the benefits gotcha. of reaching out to a loved one, that we appreciate for its own value a good night's sleep and getting exercise and engaging in pro-social behavior. But if you're only doing those things so that you can check a box to say, okay, I was told if I do that, then I'll become happy. Yeah. That could actually backfire. Um, and so happiness sort of has to be the byproduct of behaviors that we are intrinsically motivated to pursue. Yeah. So not a means to an end, right? I'm, you know, like doing these things just to be happy, but I'm doing these things because I feel it's the right thing to do. I want to connect with this loved one. And then as a return, like it's almost like the return on investment is like, oh, the dividend is happiness. Great. Right. It, exactly. Yes. Yes. That, that, that the true thing that should be focused is connecting with that person or engaging in that physical activity. And then um, the, the sort of icing on the cake is that, oh, it elevates my own happiness and well-being. Right. I know we have five minutes left. So if you could, <clears throat> we have a thousand employees in our school district, you know, and you talked about some of them, but what would you recommend? You talked about re relationships. Well, what would you recommend as a focus for not only our staff, but our community to help increase, propel their happiness and joy in their life? What, what advice, what, what suggestions would you have for them? Well, it's a great question. Um, so we, we talked about the importance of social connection and I, I stand by that as something very simple that we can do. But also another very simple behavior that really goes a long way is the practice of gratitude and incorporating mm -hmm. gratitude into whatever meetings we have, even if it's just a matter of starting staff meetings by saying, okay, we're just going to quickly go around and see if anybody has any shout outs that they want to acknowledge other people. When we get into the habit of focusing our attention on good things, it more easily, or we more easily are able to, to acknowledge good things in our lives. Um, when you look up the definition of the word appreciate in the dictionary, it has two meanings. One is to appreciate someone by saying thank you to them. The second mm -hmm. definition is appreciate kind of like money appreciates in the bank. It grows and becomes larger. Same thing happens when we appreciate good things, those good things appreciate. We get more out of them. They grow, they increase because the brain is practiced at looking for them. So expressing gratitude, if someone does even a small thing, they they hold the door open for you because your arms were full of supplies. Yeah. Express gratitude to that person. Let people know that they're, that they're doing a good thing. Those, those small gestures can really add up um, to create a more positive dynamic. Um, and can if, if, if we all just did that, um, yeah, there's still going to be stressors. There's still going to be difficulty, but we're going to have more wherewithal to face those head on with strength and with bravery, knowing mm -hmm. that we have people who appreciate us and with our attention still being drawn to the good things that are still happening. That is fascinating because happiness, as, as you're discussing it, byproducts of, of building relationships and doing things we thoroughly enjoy for the sake of their enjoyment. These things are so simple, but you know, as we, as we all know that sometimes simple is not always simple. And we're always looking for the complicated strategy, the complicated suggestion. And it, it, it all feels like it's happiness, if you will, is at like at our fingertips, right? We just have to change the way we think about it, but it's right there in front of us. Yeah. It's, it's all within our own abilities. Um, and it's easy, you know, cause attention goes to many different things, but one of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou, who says, 
forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts you one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself and i believe that starts with self-forgiveness if you yeah. have a day where you're kind of down in the dumps or you don't have motivation to reach out or express gratitude or whatever you know what get a good night's sleep that night forgive yourself for whatever didn't go well the previous day and focus your attention on what you what is within your control still um, to enact that day yes thank you so much Tim, it's a, it was an absolute pleasure. Could continue the conversation for another hour. I just, it's fascinating hearing you talk about it, not only from the practical sense of happiness, but also what the science, how the science supports and validates the simple practical solutions that we can all do every day to increase our happiness in our lives. It's been my pleasure to delve into these topics. Thank you. And yeah, thank you, sir. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You know, there were several things. And Chris, I know you were on that call with me when I interviewed Dr. Tim Bono. His story is very interesting uh, in how he got started. He started in grad school in a Ph.D. program, but then he worked in residential life. And um, he was hearing the stories about happiness from students actually at YSU. And then he he becomes interested in the uh, in the topic. And essentially, that became the the focus of his dissertation. Just a f- phenomenal. I asked him about his thoughts about being deemed the happiness expert because that's that's a that's a big title to have the happiness expert. But he's he's a he's a remarkable remarkable person. I'm glad we had a chance to have him on our show. All right, you know it's been a while, Papa Chris, since we had a one minute plug. I think all of us are due. It's long overdue, sir. What do you think, Dr. Smith? I think it is. Are we ready? Let's do it. Well, hello, everyone. Yeah, what you got right. for us? So, it's February. February is a lot of different things for this month. It's uh, Black History Month, which yes, is sir. always great. It's also mm-hmm. the month of Valentine's Day. Yes. And I think the idea of, of love is always a good thing to bring up, especially when Valentine's Day is, sure. is in the air. And not just the idea of like our loved ones, our, our family members, mm-hmm. our friends, but the idea of kind of caring love throughout everything that we do absolutely and kind of looking at people upon the idea uh, through a lens of love and yeah. trying to express that with what we do moving forward mm-hmm. um, it's always a good reminder to have that message I think mm-hmm. and I think in a month like February where we're kind of everybody's wearing red mm-hmm. there's boxes of chocolate shaped like hearts yes sir. there's sweet tarts shaped like yes, heart. everything's shaped like a heart yeah. that we could kind of keep that in mind that yes. uh, have all our actions or a lot of our actions motivated by by love and and use that whether it be with our closest people or with strangers we see on the streets so right how about that i love that that's great well Upper chris is bringing it <laughs> i love that <laughs> You know, he always, he does, I know we kind of give him a hard time, but he always brings a great perspective. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I was thinking again in February, and I'm thinking it is, it's Black History Month. And yeah. we, that's that's important to us. It's important to our district. And we told, told our ministers yesterday in a meeting, we had a great meeting with our ministers yesterday and, and talked about how we're celebrating our diversity every day, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And that we are... When we say all students, all staff, we meet all students and all Correct. staff and service and, and, and serving all students, all staff, which I know we do to our fullest. I want to celebrate diversity every, every day, but I do think that it, it's okay to, and, and we should, and it's a great opportunity to be able to have a month where we say, mm-hmm. it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. And let's celebrate. So it's exciting. We have, and we have schools that are doing some great things. Julie Williams from, um, 
Lincoln Elementary had a shirt on yesterday, Black History Month shirt that they got their whole staff and yeah. kids. That's really cool. So we got a lot of great things. So people can uh, look at our social media uh, outlets and different things because Chris is going to put things, post things on there that, that just celebrates our diversity and celebrates our uh, Black History Month. So we're excited about that. Um, and again, I think as Chris talked about Valentine's Day and love, and I, I use the word love a lot too, because I love the school district. Yeah, I love I the too. work we do every day. And I know that um, February can get a little, today's Groundhog's Day. It can yeah. kind of feel that way, right? You know, the winter, mm-hmm. even though we're picking up leaves today, it's it's icy, it's snowy, it, the sun's not out. And it's, I it's think- It's cold. It is. And I think without people thinking, oh, he's just pie in the sky and he's in, in just being cliche. And I, and I know there's times when people think, oh, these two guys, all they're doing is joking and goofing around. We're very serious about what we Absolutely. do. And we're very serious about the fact that we do love all of our kids. We love our staff, we love our families, and we love what we do on a regular basis. And there's a lot of love in this school mm-hmm. district. And so just, just that, that, Chris does a great job of putting that perspective back in mm-hmm. and as I'm sitting saying, what do I want to make sure our people know this month? And I want people to know, even though if it might be cold out, it might be a little dreary, it might be just, it might seem like it, it, the days are a little long because it's a little dark out, that if they're hearing this, and especially as they're connected to our family, our district family, they are loved for and they are cared right. for. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm a parent now. Yeah, you are. And for sure, if you're a student or staff member, we care and love for our people. Mm-hmm. And I think it shines through in the work that we do. And I, we just so appreciative of our, our staff and the work they do with our kids. I agree 100%. I, I think um, love also makes me think about gratitude yep. and being thankful. And so it's really hard to, to love something but be unthankful, right? Mm-hmm. And so the level of gratitude, we, it's different because if you're listening to us on a podcast or you see us in your school, we don't really have an in-depth conversation with each and every staff member sure. we see. But I can tell you that everything that we do in our district is for our staff and our students. Yes. And I know sometimes it may not feel that way per se, but I, I, I mean, we, you know, being on this central office team and working with Jason and now we see that we have new staff member, new team members, Earl and, and, and Jeremy and working with Julie, we do everything we can to make this a place. And I, I'm actually not like trying to sell individuals on the idea. It's just how I feel. And so the level of gratitude to be able to do for our staff and to be able to do for our students is out of love. We want this to be the best school district possible for everyone that's either employed or students that come here. So thank you, Papa Chris, for bringing that perspective. It's actually perfect. Yeah, love is rooted in gratitude. You know, and for us, it starts with our Board of Education. Mm -hmm. Just sat in here with our board president, uh, Dr. Donna Towers, for about an hour and a half. Love, Donna. And she just serves our community, Mm -hmm. you know, all of our board members. And it goes to us, to our principals, to our staff, to our students, and our families. Everybody Mm -hmm. is working together. And talk about, you know, full circle conversation with Dr. Bono. With, with with his message, gratitude, love, thankfulness, mm-hmm. connectiveness, being connected mm-hmm. with people, being a part of a group, a team, a family, mm-hmm. call, district, that is happiness. Absolutely. That, that's where that happiness Absolutely. comes from. And so, um, and it's not just us. Yeah. And we see it every day. Mm-hmm. I always say the real work is in the trenches. In with, the school. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when I drive around on a snow day and I see our custodians out, and our maintenance guys working, I mean, to... And, and gals working just their tails off to get ready for school from our bus drivers yeah. to Paris, to clerks, to kitchen staff, to staff, you know, teachers, you name it, clerks, yeah. office, everybody. 
it's just and then our, our and then the support we get from our uh, our parents as well and then our awesome kids i can't i can't wait to hang out tomorrow night in the gym for mm. four hours and watch basketball mm-hmm. watch the dance teams watch the and it's both sides are our right. school district. It's yeah. just awesome to watch. And so, again, people think, oh, here he goes again. This is truly how I feel. And you guys Correct. know that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not about us. It's about the work we're doing. It's right. about the people we have in this district. Right. So, The one thing that's great about this podcast, Jason, is that at, at least there are times where we get to take our community and our staff members behind the curtains, behind the curtain in terms of how we feel, because it's, I mean, you'll see it in an email from, from Jason, or if I'm, if I'm sending an email, I typically I'm sending emails about more nuts and bolts type things, but this is a phenomenal place to be. And again, I'm, I'm not selling anyone on this idea. Like Jason said, this is how I feel, but um, it's it's remarkable. And the reflection now that we're in February, not October, but we're in February, mm-hmm. and I personally, I'm in year five of of this opportunity. It's just it's just been an amazing place to work, and I look for many more years to come. And that's just awesome, man. And so, and, and to to Doctor Bono's point, like everything you just talked about, connectiveness, um, feeling a part of a team, a group. It brings joy to my life to just be here and serve. So it's fun. I agree. All right. What are the highlights, Jason? Give us the highlights well, we uh, before we wrap it up. You talked about basketball. Yeah, we talked tomorrow. about basketball a little West- bit. And, mm-hmm. and just kind of in general, we're in that kind of that winter. February is is exciting because you're getting ready to get into that winter, the end of the winter season. Yeah. So swimming and basketball and wrestling and we're, everybody's kind of coming down now. Yeah. We're getting ready for districts and then the state, hopefully a state running basketball a little bit with some yeah. of our teams. And so you got those things going on. All of a sudden, before you know it, the spring plays will be here. Yeah. We're looking at um, it, there was some phenomenal uh, uh, winter kind of uh, holiday uh, time uh, concerts and things from our theater groups and our and our concert groups and our choir groups and things and bands and so so then and then all of a sudden boom before February is over then here comes the spring sports yeah. here comes you know you're looking at you know you're hot and heavy looking at staffing yeah. for next year oh, we're yeah. looking at next year already already you know we have some district uh, leadership positions over that we're looking at for yeah. a director's position so we're just we're heavy in that HR season mm-hmm. um, and then our you know we're really ramping up for this we're in that first I know we have trimesters and second semester but that second half of the school year there's a lot of learning that needs to take place yeah I mean that's we are we are right in that dog days of I mean we are learning and we're going in with the, with our students and staff every day in the classroom and you know we don't chase scores around here but we're getting ready to perform because it's a it's mm-hmm. it's student performance on our standardized tests at the end our, you know our EOCs and our map testing so when we take that very serious so this is a big time time in our district with learning with assessments um, and then extracurricular activities winter to the spring and just and then all of a sudden before you know we're going to be in graduation in May and June (laughs) so um, it's you know and we'll get to spring break before that but uh, February is a short month it goes pretty quick and so celebrating Black History Month like we talked about and just uh, we're getting out in the buildings uh, on a regular basis and and uh, I can tell you this kids are learning Teachers are teaching, and things are happening. Yeah. Great things are happening in our school district. So hopefully that gives everybody a little opportunity to know kind of where we're at right now. So it's fantastic. Papa Chris, I think that's it. I think that's it. So on behalf of Papa Chris, I am Rodney Lewis, Associate Superintendent of Human Resources. And I am Dr. Jason Seifert, Superintendent. Yes. See, See ya. ya.